It's View From 202, a New York Red Bulls fan podcast available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and direct from our website, viewfrom202.com. Hey yo, good morning America, good morning Erica, who gave me good head while watching good morning America. This is View From 202, episode two of our New York Knicks fan podcast. Uh, same place, joined by Alex Chang. Hello. Um, Horrible, uh, right? Horrible, that boogie went to Golden State. Awful. I, I had two coworkers today both come up to me and tell me that they are actually no longer fans of the NBA, and they asked me what teams they should follow in MLS. <laughs> I, I one of my co- the coworker who sits next to me, he tweeted um, a picture of the five cards of Exodia from, from our account being like Golden State lineup next year. <laughs> I didn't really know what that I like uh, knew that uh, it was a big signing, but I didn't know how big it was. Uh, I also didn't know the context in that he took a pretty big pay cut, huge pay cut, like the minimum, right? Uh, the minimum, I guess like it was vet like, minimum, yeah, yeah, vet minimum, right? Okay, these are all things that we should know as a basketball podcast, of course. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, now it's like, uh, so now we have uh, Golden State like stronger than ever, but the Lakers, oh. too. Honestly, I, I'm rooting forward to the fact that the Knicks now have the best shot we've ever had of making the playoffs. We, yes, uh, it's just uh, Philly, uh, Toronto, uh, I'm Boston, gonna be on- and 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 I, the Knicks. Going to be totally honest, right I kind of wished that LeBron had gone to Philly. Anyway, um, as you can tell, you did not, you were not greeted by the din of noise that is Britt's voice at the beginning of this episode. But we are actually viewed from two hundred two, minus um, our our other guy. Uh, he is uh, Britt is uh, celebrating uh, the election of the. Uh, new president of actually of, Brits being a nationalist all the way in Mexico. Ah, yes, is he's, he? He's celebrating the quote unquote independence of 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 this United States. Uh, okay, yeah, well, to each their own. Uh, this is episode one hundred uh, of View from Two Hundred Two. Big centennial. I knew, I I knew from the beginning that we should have used three digits, and here we are using all three digits. What happens when we get to episode two hundred two? I. I think we I think we end the project. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I don't know if we'll be able to tolerate each other after 202 episodes. Um, and yet we we already got rid of one of our members by yeah. 100. We're looking for a third um, uh, member of this podcast. So uh, we will um, take to everyone who emailed us uh, looking for Brit seat. We're we're sorry that we couldn't fill it in time. Unfortunately, due to scheduling conflicts, we could not get you in on time. As I am going on vacation. Uh, yeah, um, but anyway, uh, yep, uh, email us, contact at from 202 um, if you want to replace Brit. Um, but we had a pretty big game this weekend. Is it big? We we played the second worst team. In so the it's East. like, it's big. Look at this game at the beginning of the season. Is the worst even part, like, look at the it, worst like, part about MLS that there are three teams that are worse than this team that we faced? Yeah. Who else is it? It's is it Seattle, uh, San Jose. Seattle, DC, San Jose. Yeah, those three. Yikes! I mean, DC has an excuse, right? Like no, like two, like right. Quote, they didn't unquote, even get Wayne Rooney. Two yet. quote unquote home <laughs> home games, and it wasn't even uh, Wayne Rooney Day yet. Uh, so it's a national holiday soon enough. Yeah, soon enough. Is it, is it technically a? F- 
is it a federal holiday that it's I, I when it's proclaimed in the district? It, I, oh, that's true. It's it's all federal law there, isn't it? So for context, uh, the mayor, uh, what's her name? Browser, Bowser. Uh, well, who cares? It's DC. Um, anyway, uh, I concern myself only with New York City politics and Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Yes, yes, so. yeah, of course. Um, anyway, the mayor of of, of DC had uh, announced that it was a Wayne Rooney Day um, upon the signing of Wayne Rooney to DC United, which had happened <laughs> a couple couple days ago. Uh, but it's a it's a federal district, so is it a federal holiday? No, because then weed would be legal everywhere. Oh. Yeah, okay. All right, that's fair. <laughs> but not actually legal, only legal to like deliver to you as a gift. It's it's pretty like backwards. Um, no comment. Yeah, right. Anyway. We wouldn't know that. Anyway, um, we played but... Toronto FC this weekend. We played Toronto FC this weekend. Uh, as you may know, Toronto FC are coming off of the best MLS season in the history of the league. They um, won the treble, which includes Canadian Championship, so that's an asterisk for me. Um, and they also made their way further into CONCACAF Champions League than we did, and yet are suffering so much more for it. Yeah, I mean, geez. CONCACAF... If we played one more game, do you think we'd be struggling this much? Yeah. <laughs> like... Also, if we played that extra game, we would have won it. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to bring up these old wounds, but... Uh, Chivas, the fact that they won, it was just really it was rough. Uh, man, but like they're not the only team suffering CCL hangover. It's it's Seattle as well, both toward the bottom of the table with really nothing, no signs of life, right? Like uh, looking at this result, we, we pull out a, a 1-0 win on the road. You look at this game maybe three months ago, and it's a fantastic result, but as we talked about last week, pretty expected yeah pretty given sure in toronto's current form Britt talks about this projection sheet every week but i'm pretty sure in this projection week he this was the only week where he had us like giving up points at all yeah which is entirely fair when you look at the when you look at the beginning of the season you go into it yeah the type of team that that toronto could potentially bring but i, I guess you know you look at this roster and you're missing uh, three key players you're missing uh you're missing josie altador you're missing uh, um, Va- Victor Vasquez in, in, in as your attacking midfielder, and you're also missing Mavinga, one of your key central defenders. Uh, part of that really strong back line from last season. Um, and when you miss that spine uh, of your team, presumably, you know you're not going to be able to keep it together. I mean, not, imagine not, not to mention all the drama surrounding Giovinco's sal- uh, contract and the and just like playing a catchy all the time. Like they're. I mean, you look at some Not of these. Doing like, well. look at some of these players. Like Bradley is out, of, pretty out of form. Javinko uh, uh, is in the same boat, and then Alex Bono, the the rising star of that team, and even of the national team, uh, type of really young goalkeeper with a lot of upside. He just they all fall flat, and it's not the first time this has happened all season. This has been going on for a few months now. Yeah, I mean, Toronto, baby, come on. Honestly, fifteen points, sixteen games at this point. Are they averaging the below a point a game? Below a point a game. They um yeah, like when I, I think a lot of people are saying that when's the last time someone scored fifteen points when halfway through the season and then made the playoffs? I but I you know, you look at all the teams. I mean you look at Toronto in particular and that type of team fully healthy they have with to, some confidence. They still have to average one point six seven points a game. It's an uphill battle, but I mean, squeaking into that sixth place spot, I think like 
the consensus that we have it, when you look is at the that East is that the sixth place position is the only position that's kind of in flux. Yeah, but the problem is now that other teams are competitive. So I don't. It's not a good look for them. Want to talk about the game? It's not a good look for them. Uh, but yes, uh, I mean we can we can go through the rundown. I it, it starts kind of early, right? It, it's the into the fourth minute. We get a set. You know, we get a corner kick. Uh, ball kicks out to to Kamara Lawrence, um, and it's a pretty routine, at least to us, uh, opportunity where Kamara just shoots it in through traffic, kind of hoping for the best, hoping for a deflection, some opportunity, hits Alex Bono's hand, and then just trickles into goal. And we're up 1-0 in the fourth minute. And a single tear falls from Greg Vanny's face. It was real sad. It was a sad and like torturous goal for them so i took a lot of gratitude uh, i took a lot of gratis uh, gr- gratification in that goal like it, it was very it it gave me a sense of catharsis sure right i mean to me it felt like the floodgates were about to open like you have a pretty fragile team right who's already p- performing pretty poorly and when somebody like that makes a mistake of like that you know that level you just kind of expect everyone to be pretty shook yeah but I mean, but it, but it, but that's not the case though. Like it, it, you know, the next, I'd say we look okay after that goal. Maybe we, I think we actually look pretty good for the next maybe fifteen minutes. We go into about the twentieth twentieth to thirtieth minute with like a pretty good run uh, of possession. You know, some chance creation. But then we seemingly hit a wall. Yeah, and it seems like we're kind of holding on. Uh, it, and I think Jesse even said it said as much, where it looked like we were performing pretty well, but then we got a little too overconfident, and we kind of sat back a little bit, and we invited opportunities for from Toronto, who don't capitalize, but I think he said that there needed to be some significant tactical changes if we wanted to carry out the result that, that we kind of came in to get. Very much felt like the latter half of the first half uh, to me, was all about getting back into the locker room with a clean sheet. Yeah, seriously. And I, then the second half starts, and there's, it just keeps going. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, it's so much worse. And like at this point, I, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I wasn't. Uh, I was listening to Matt Harmon of, of uh, the New York Red Bulls radio uh, announcing TuneIn, announcing the game on TuneIn, or simply Google New York Red Bulls radio, and and that's the first thing that shows up. Um, you can do it TuneIn, or you can do it like in your web browser on your phone, which is what I was doing. Um, and and I was listening to that game, and it was ugly. Uh, and then, you know, watching the game after the fact um, at my desk between World Cup games um, <laughs> because it was just a week of soccer. Um, uh, and there was chance after chance um, that was given up by our defense in just the flukiest ways, either nutmegs of Tim Parker or uh, just tripping of Aaron Long, uh, tripping himself, um, crossing over his those, own feet. Those were the biggest opportunities when Aaron Long tripped and when... Well, those were the two biggest. Yeah. Uh, sh- shortly th- thereafter, there's an opportunity for us to score. Um, there's a cross from Connor Laid, um, who we can kind of talk about when we go through individual player performances. But um, there was a cross from Connor Laid that kind of makes it all the way across the face of the six yard box. Incredible. Because I, it, it was just like <laughs> Bono's like lack of confidence to get the ball, plus like just very weird reactions from the rest of the, like, the yeah, players it, it, in it, the box. The only like. If if it was a keeper like Andre Blake, that would have been snuffed out. 
but mm-hmm. Bond already made a mistake, and you know, even Robles. I mean, like not even, but like Robles too, I, I, uh, or, or Blake. You're exactly right. Uh, Tim Milia, play like keepers who have the confidence in the box to to get out there and actually assert themselves yeah. would have surely covered know, that. Covered that, but it goes all the way through, finds the feet of Derek Etienne, and then gets saved. Who puts a shot on goal in the uh, middle and right in the middle? Yeah. And it was a great block. Yeah, but finishing could have been better, or should have been better. If you, if you're trying to start on this team as a forward in that capacity, you got to finish like BWP does. I mean, you could say that about every single winger we have on this roster. I'm, right I can say that about every forward we have. Yeah, and what's you know, I mean, uh, we have all the time in the world to do so. But but I think that uh, before we do that, wrap up, wrapping up the game, and the only other big opportunity or big instance is. A run of play that leads to uh, an, an Osorio shot on goal uh, a, uh, that is then parried away by Luis Robles. And it's through a mess in the box. Through this flurry of small touches and players falling over, uh, the ball ends up uh, being cleared away by Tim, uh, by, by um, Aaron Long um, for, the, for, for then seeing multiple TFC fan or players screaming at the referee that there was an instance of a handball, uh, which was not necessarily apparent to anybody from the outset. Right. Um, even on multiple angles. And like, honestly, I, I was about to make a, a, a point of dying on that hill that it was not a penalty shout. Uh, but the referee signals VAR and they... Uh, have a couple different review angles that to us watching on on TV, you know, it's there's no indication of a penalty. Yeah, and, and the claim is is that when Tim Parker is falling, uh, sort of over Luis Robles, that uh, his left hand uh, makes contact with the ball before uh, uh, Luis Robles comes out and and then uh, kind of like desperate in desperation it, yeah. uh, pushes the ball away. And so after multiple angles, you don't really see it. Uh, but then there's and, one floating around on the internet where you see for some reason Tim Parker decides to pick some grass at the moment that the ball passes by, and then it just hits him on the hand, and you're like, oh, fine, his hand was down. I don't know why he was. Maybe, it was maybe he saw a dandelion and wanted to blow on it. Yeah, you, you really never know. Something about that grass in the box it fucked up uh, Aaron Long, and then uh, subsequently Tim Parker. But but it was a handball. Uh, and, uh, you know, the play is overturned on the field, and Javinko steps up to the penalty spot to only get his shot blocked by Luis Robles. Yeah. I mean, and the game kind of keeps going on from there, but really nothing happens. We end 1-0. Um, what do you think about this game? Uh, so this is kind of one of those instances where if you're looking at the result on paper, you take it without thinking twice you shut out toronto at home uh you have uh, watching the game i take this result too i mean like but you take but you take it for <laughs> yeah right but you take it for another reason where it's like oh this is a good win uh when you look at it on paper but then I mean, when, when you, you watch the game it's also when you a watch good win. the game it's just like oh my god like i'm surprised we didn't lose or i'm surprised it was only one nothing on, on both counts like yeah. you have an etienne opportunity that should have found the back in the net the game you also never changed yeah, but you also have all these opportunities that 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 Toronto have. Uh, Luis Robles ends up racking up like eight saves, 
uh, from really great one-on-one opportunities, not just fluky season high technical saves. saves. But it was like they were, and they were a lot of really strong saves from these great opportunities from Toronto. Yeah, that make you really question the performance of the back line overall. Yeah, I mean Toronto. To be fair to them, do have attacking quality. That's not. Yeah, but you're missing your creative midfielder and you're missing one of your strikers. I mean, like that kind of makes you think that like, like uh, you should, you know, do better as a defense with the type of lineup that Toronto brings. Yeah, I mean, this is this my 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 main takeaway from the game is that it's another hot game, another sluggish performance from us. This, I, I, this might be my narrative right now. And a game that involves water breaks is going to be uh, very uh, demanding on the press. Right, but the, exactly. That's the thing, though, is, 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 is the way that we play can, like, conducive to the summer part of the season. And so that kind of makes you wonder, is that why Jesse would, you know, resort to three in the back? For yeah. the summer? In these scenarios. You, you see players like, uh, I mean... My my takeaway in that second half is that Connor Lade switches to the left side. Mm-hmm. We have three center backs in uh, Taxi, Long, and Parker. And then you have Florian Velo at right back. And so, to me, it, 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 I guess, is Jesse trying to counteract the fact that when we play in the heat, we can't continue this press in the system that we want in a four-two-three-one, or some, or maybe a, in some capacity. A well, I guess my question is a little. And, bit... and then, and then, do, does he want to play more defensively and try to put less stress on those players by dropping into a formation like that? So, so my thing is, I think a bit more broader, even philosophically. Does the press work in the high heat? We, do we just run ourselves to death each time? Like it, it seems like we can't keep it up when it's above 80 degrees i mean i don't think you're wrong like i'm not like i i think the only thing to switching to three in the back in the game like this is we move on the center back to man mark giovinko instead of having tyler adams or someone man mark giovinko right yeah but, but we also didn't pr- have as much offensive firepower and i think that was like acknowledged when you bring on someone like shakovsky in, yeah. in, into the game right like you are not really trying to go get another goal you're trying to see the game out properly yeah. and you're doing that you know i think that the press it is put on the back put on the back burner slightly uh so that so that you can actually properly conserve energy in games like this when it's really hot and humid but i i think we're more most effective when we're being relentless no matter what's going on i agree right? i mean i don't even know why I, I feel like that is probably the first time i've ever talked myself into justifying the four three in the back formation ever see i mean i I'm trying to see it from Jesse's eyes. I, that's the one thing I, I have yet to understand. See, I, I find three in the back to be a solution to bunkering teams. Um, it it's, it's allows us to get wider. It allows us to take, take the width because we're taking up the center backs in the middle, so we're less worried about giving up that space. But we're not crowding the, the middle of the area. I, I'd prefer to have a three in the back against teams like Philly or teams like, mm, not New England right now, but like, Minnesota, maybe. I mean, I feel like that opens up a whole another can of worms um, that we can perhaps get into at another time. But, sure. but, but I mean, I see. But right now, I see this sort of as the one justification in my mind as to why we could do three in the back. It, it's to close out games where we start out really strong, really early. We punch teams in the mouth and, and we get a goal in the first fifteen minutes, control the game into halftime. And then make the necessary adjustments to play a little more defensively, 
when you either add a third center back or you just drop back in, 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 into a formation, you know, that, uh, you know, maybe it doesn't even require adding a third center back, but converting one of your fullbacks into that center back position, which is what taxi can, can conceivably do. Sure. And same thing with Mario, mm-hmm. right? So you can do it either way. But to me, that's the only, the only justification that I can really see. Okay. Well, shall we go into players? Yeah. Um, let's, Obviously. Let's talk about, um, you know, I think Luis Robles is pretty much spoken for, right? It's, right? it's but, obvious eight, eight saves, clean sheet. What can, more do we have to say? Can, Penalty save. Can, yeah. Can we talk about Connor Laid, though? Yo, let's talk about Connor Laid, though. Laid balling out a little bit. Like, actually. Second good game in a row. Yeah. I think we were wrong. I think he might just have, like, these... Now it's like three each. Like he has three good games and then three three <laughs> mediocre bad games, and then now he's gonna have three more. I don't know. Maybe there's no pattern. If it's just random. But Lade t- turned up. Maybe he just does not like TFC because of the way we played against him last I mean, year. Yeah, good. I'm glad. Right. None of us like TFC. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of sad because Lade's coming to form and Amir Maria is back from the World Cup. Yeah. Right. That is tough. Um, who's had a pretty rough cup run. I would say, but hopefully is, uh, to be fair, he got suspended for one of the three games. He was, that is true. Yeah. The one team he could have actually started bombing up against. He got suspended against. That is true. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought he had a great game. Um, I thought that he actually provided a lot, uh, on the offensive side, um, which was a nice change. And then all of a sudden it felt like in the second half, he was literally all over the field. Oh yeah. Uh, He was covering so much ground. Yeah. I think, I mean, it felt like he was fighting for that position. Yeah. As if he knew what was going to happen when Mario got back. I mean, obviously he does. And I think he recognizes that as a rotation utility player, you 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 have to fight for these positions. And and people have done it in the past. Alex Muil. I mean, even Sal Zizzo had started a lot of games where it was a little head-scratching last year, or even the year before, where he fought for the position that he, you know, eventually earned, but then held on to it for a little too long. But, like... That's the thing. I, I feel like Jesse admires that sort of loyalty, and I think uh, if you're uh, Laid, Laid was fighting for if that. If you're a player, you try to get into the good graces of the coach, obviously. Can we talk about the other fullback? His goal. Taxi. Another goal. Two goals, two games. Yeah. Um, look, I mean... Like, what more can we say about Taxi at this point? He performed well, obviously. What more can we say without, you know, throwing the, uh, the nation of Jamaica under the bus? Well, we've never actually been to Jamaica, so we can't. Oh, actually. that's true. I've never been to Sandals, so I can't speak yeah. on. Yep, I can't speak on behalf of the entire. Jamaican, I've never gotten my uh, hair braided. Population. Yep. Um, I did watch season two of Luke Cage, though. So maybe. No. No. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Kamar. I think Kamar's just been phenomenal. I'm. I'm so happy for him. I think he's been playing out of his goddamn mind. I worry that we're going to only have him for this season i mean like i remember last year there was rumors that he was going to be gone at, 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 at seemed to quiet down a little bit but yeah and i think that you know the expectation is that he's continuing to grow on the team uh, but i could see him very well leaving after this year it, it's as if you can see him and almost every other young promising player leaving for better opportunities uh after this season which kind of puts even more urgency on the fact that we need to win you know, with some, with this squad, this is this this is you think the, this is the squad? this is the squad that that will that can do it, uh, and I think everybody's kind of aware that this is a really like the window is really small, but it's open, right? Okay. That that we have all these different pieces uh, and different players who either um, 
are, you know, really in their form or in their prime, exiting their prime like Brad, uh, or coming into, you know, the best years of, of, of their career in which we won't have them like Adams or even taxi. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like this is kind of the point that we need to take advantage of having all of those players. I'm a little less worried about taxi. Now that he's got his green card, um, I think he might stick around for another season. But at, at the same time, the way that this roster looks, I think I, it feels to me very much like the beginning of something, not not the terminus of something. I mean, I want to believe that, but any sort of like decisions that this front office has made regarding players would lead me to believe otherwise, or at least be skeptic, skeptical in well, some Well, there never capacity. really, at this organization, there never really is kind of... Um, a, a steady roster is there. That's I mean, what I'm saying. But that, that, that's one of the most impressive things too, right? It's it's that we we never have a rebuilding year because we always can kind of put up, put together pieces to make the playoffs, and then we can keep growing on them. You know, that's... we don't we don't take an entire season to come out like live someone else's contract out, sign someone else, and then look to that. We have this kind of steady stream of of roster building that can continue on. Our scouting system is also good. We're developing our own players. I'm excited about the depth and the development we have, obviously. I think that goes without question. I just think there's some specific players who have their sights on bigger opportunities, and we have to take advantage of them while they last, whether it's Kaku, Adams, Lawrence, or others. Mario. Brad, never quite getting younger, but always looking younger. Yeah, always scoring, always producing, uh, despite all odds. Um, uh, We'll talk more about Brad in the second half. Can we talk about uh, maybe even the attack broadly, but specifically the, the, the wingers. Um, yeah. So apparently Jesse had, was going to put Etienne on as a starter. Yeah. I heard a little weird back and forth about how there was a last second decision to put on Alex. Yeah. What are your thoughts? We'll stand. Uh, I mean, I mean, obviously I don't have a, a problem with Alex getting another start, but I, I think, I don't know. The, the attack was just kind of like it wasn't as decisive. Obviously, the person who scored was a fullback off of a set piece. So uh, away games are hard like that. I feel like attacking talent in the Heat also particularly doesn't do well. You make a lot more sprints. I played soccer on Sunday for some reason, and like I made two two runs, and I, I had to sub out. You know, it's like it, it was tough out there. Um, but you know, it's it's it, like Alex Wheel wasn't the worst part of the attack. Everyone was the worst part of the attack. Sure. I mean, I don't think Kaku had a, maybe sparing the nutmeg, um, didn't have a phenomenal game. Sure. Uh, he played fine. Uh, but the one thing I keep seeing, um, and I think one of the, you know, I don't have, I'm really excited about this team and I think there's a lot of great opportunities. The one issue that I kind of see right now you know, you have bad games defensively, whatever. Um, people do that. But, you know, you know Parker and Long will, will come back. Um, the issue I'm having right now is that none of our wingers are producing goals. In that we're kind of in a in a position where maybe sparing like Royer, like beating up on small teams in garbage time. You're having a lot of... The, it's this really like central relationship where it's Kaku creating all of the assists, right? Leading the league in assists. And then you have Brad Wright Phillips, who's but, second in goals. And I, I just worry that 
we're going to run into another scenario where it what it what, what it was well, like Sasha in the past Brad. where it was Sasha assisting Bradley and, and on paper we were great but then we were really predictable and we ended up getting you know beaten in high stakes games because people could figure out our offense and we couldn't produce how is this the same thing why come come I'm kind of curious to hear different. your thoughts it's different but I do want to point out that I'm really like unimpressed with our wingers when it comes to scoring goals I think it's different I think we're not even really playing with two traditional wingers right now as much as we did in 2015, maybe, with Grill and Sam. Um, I mean, I, I the 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 oh, that's fair. I agree. I, I think the way that you're thinking, like between Brad and Sasha, I think that relationship was more of Sasha creating for Brad. I think this relationship is a lot more about everyone creating for Brad. Like all the wingers are making central runs so that there's there's space open up. Um, Brad obviously has been phenomenal like this yeah, season. A really efficient, S- great scoring on his headers. His headers have been just great. like rude. They've been rude. The rudest headers I've seen. But at the same time, I think that there's more cre- chances created right now from the wings, even if because they're off the ball. I mean, uh, w- when Burhalter was playing us, I think, or was Burhalter? Yeah, he was saying that they like to create chances with the ball. We like to create chances without the ball. I think that's happening a lot more apparently right now. Um, yeah, that was that was against Columbus. You see the big discrepancy uh, between the amount of goals that we do score and the expected goals. I think that comes from both both of our press and also because those stats don't seem to count off the ball movement in any, any significant manner. Um, I think we're just a lot more dynamic. We're moving a lot differently. The, the plots that we have are a lot different. We're a lot more mobile across the board. I'm not quite as worried for that reason about, that, I mean, that's good. I, and I think that I, it's a good opportunity to kind of speak to Alex Moyle's strengths as a player, yeah. uh, where it's not necessarily finding the net, but doing all the things off the ball, uh, that then help make Brad's life easier. Right, and it's not only that, but like once teams start trying to, if if teams go into games with with the mentality that, oh, this is going to be like 2016, we man mark Brad Red Phillips out of the game, Sasha can't create for him. I don't think it's going to be like that. Once teams start doing that, we're going to have more opportunities from the wing. The thing is, like you hope that's the case, but then you look at Chicago at home. And that was exactly what happened, and and then we ended up losing that game. Right. I mean, my, that's my, also Royer's poor finishing. Well, that that and that kind of goes to my point is that you've had you know Royer uh, with some consistently poor performances, who was out of this match, but but was in the led that led to Muel's opportunity, but uh, to start today. But I mean. He's not finding the net in the way that he should. You have players like Derek Etienne, who's one on one with the keeper and just kind of just the ball dies at his feet, and and it's happened twice, at least from my memory, at least twice. Uh, and you know, and then you add on the opportunity from the you know in the second half of the Toronto game that he should have clearly scored, and he doesn't do it. And then you have players like Velo, who against Seattle missed one of the easiest setters I feel like I've ever seen. That's a, that's a pretty Arena, hard one. I think it rivals, you know, uh, Tim Cahill's uh, miss sitter in the twenty uh, New England. Yeah, in the, in the New England playoff. About, game I don't want to talk about you several years back. But like, look, that like you know, and, and this shit wasn't even on turf. Like there was like no excuse. I'm just sure, sure, sure. I'm I, just very surprised that these players, and then even Muil, who's who's also having trouble finding the back of the net when he has the ball at his feet or on his forehead in the six yard box. I mean, like these I, are these are the opportunities, and these these are the players that I presumably they need to also deliver goals. 
and who aren't doing so no, yet. No, I, I agree with you. I've been vocal, right? Very vocal about how how I've been disappointed by Royer's lack of production. Yeah, I I will I will concede. Alex Muel is not a great finisher. Derek Etienne could use some work, but I, I think he has he has the, the the shiny abilities. But I'm not worried about the rest of the season, if only because this is not the final roster. And and the Red Bulls have specifically said that during the transfer window they're looking for an attacker, so I'm gonna hold my breath on that until the transfer window is closed and we have our final roster. I think that's fair, and I guess to I, the one thing I can think of is that you know the fact that these players aren't producing but we're winning, it's uh, good, is really is actually pretty good. Yeah, um, I think that so long as some of these players find offensive production at least come time for playoffs then we're in a really good place i think it's a matter of time too before kaku starts scoring he's gotten close now a couple of games too so yeah you know i he scored an mls goal i i I, th- I think we're gonna have a lot more options um that's not what i'm worried about shall we move on to godis Wotist? yeah let's uh let's wrap this up with uh with godis and Wotist. i feel like we have a consensus on godis i think with- we're Louis Alex Muel, obviously. Oh. <laughs> no, it's it's, it's Luis. Yeah, Luis played on his head. Um, I think we might agree on the woe too. Tim Parker. Yeah, like you can't get Meg like that, man. Not on the team that has Kaku. Not on even it. the Meg. <laughs> but like, dude, stop picking grass. Like, why are you? Like, like why? It's like, like you don't ha- like you don't have to blow a wish on a dandelion to say that that the game's gonna be won. You can just play it. Uh, yeah, it's okay, Tim. Yeah, just leave the flowers you alone. Were already winning. It was fine. You'll um, meet. You'll see all the sassafras and stuff. You know, like that's, that's a dark reference. That's a yeah. Let's uh, wrap this one up. <laughs> uh, a road win at, at BMO uh, Field uh, is BMO. Is BMO. Whatever. It's all the same. Uh, it's Canadian uh, shit. Whatever. A win's a win. Uh, puts us at ten this season. Um, uh, Happy Canada gonna, Day. Yeah. Seriously, spirits are very high in Toronto. Um, uh, let's. Uh, take a break and then in segment two we'll we'll check out what's going on around the league uh talk about pretty big derby matchup against nycfc and a few other things this world so lost so So many pricks on the road i feel like i'm doubting god like i'm doubting god you can join the army at 16 but can't buy a car that you can't buy it's like I'm living in backwards times, nobody's on job, nobody's on job. I told my name, don't watch my steez, car man a man's gone. Yes, man, a man's gone. Do you think I'm sitting here waiting for life? Do you know what I'm on? Do you know what I'm on? I smoke weed, car speaking to normal, but this is overly long. There's no unity in North Don't Bomb. We be getting long songs. I might sound anti, but man, it ain't wrong. No, everyone's gone mad, everyone's gone mad, everyone's gone mad. Welcome back, uh, segment two of View from 202. Um, I feel like everybody already is familiar with the scores for, from from last week. Um, we but, just don't want to talk that much. Britt likes talking and hearing his voice, so we let him do it, but we'll just go over the big games, I guess. Yeah, um, and I think we'll talk about, what, the rivalry games? There were three of them, three big ones. Derby games, really. Um, well, I guess LA... Ca- ca- California is big enough where it's not a derby. California Classico, um, where you have L.A. Um, 
uh, galaxy in San Jose, uh, drawing three, three with two Wondolowski penalties. Uh, (laughs) which is just like ridiculous. Well, the first one won't come up because there's a lot of rebound. It's just like some, st- yeah, right. Yeah. Some stat padding nonsense, uh, and then you just have the absolute thrashing of Orlando City FC by Atlanta United um, in which what is was not just great. like an ugly game it's with an ugly team. Not great for us. It. I mean, like, yeah, right. We want obviously uh, for for Atlanta to at least so- show some signs of weakness outside of playing against us. Um, uh, which has just not been the case yet. Um, and I think that a lot of it had to do with just a really garbage Orlando side, uh, taking them out for nothing at Mercedes Benz. Uh, and the last rivalry game, uh, of the weekend was, uh, Portland and Seattle, uh, in which Portland actually wins on the road for the first time in this rivalry matchup. Um, that's the first time they've won at CenturyLink. Yeah. Wow. Um, I think in MLS at least. Yeah. yeah. Um, Maybe before. And ASL, probably. They, yeah. It's been but, a long time. Yeah, whatever. Um, I mean, that was a back-and-forth game. Good game, right? Back-and-forth the set whole pieces, way. Set pieces. Set pieces. Um, I mean, other than that, we don't really care. I think more importantly, it's just about the table. Yeah, and so if we look at the table, you know... I, I I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm very happy about where we stand uh and and I think you know it's no surprise to anybody that Atlanta's at the top of the table sitting at 37 points but New York Red Bulls at 32 second place with two, two games, games back uh, two five games in hand, points behind two games in hand five points behind uh which is very promising uh you look at the next two games on the schedule uh and it's some tough tasks ahead with uh sporting kansas city and nycfc um uh coming up uh but, but either way that's good for us if we win yeah i mean i i think that we're in a, in a position to to get at least four points out of those uh those matchups um keep the race which we can talk about obviously as we uh move on but uh wrapping up the at least the teams in playoff contention we have nycfc sitting at 31 points with 17 games columbus crew at 30 points with 19 games uh the revolution at 27 points in 17 games and then in sixth place in the last playoff spot we have chicago fire with 23 points in 18 games uh with montreal philly orlando toronto and dc rounding out the eastern conference now chicago montreal philadelphia and orlando are four points within each other um toronto <laughs> four points four later points later so i mean i, th- I think that's kind of where the battle for that sixth spot is looking to be um we'll see if toronto come out of the slump but i honestly don't think they will especially if they have to compete with uh wayne rooney and dc united my lord uh who are going to go undefeated battle it out for the wooden spoon yeah I think they might actually battle Chicago Fire in the World Cup uh, <laughs> if all things go their way. Um, but uh, Bastion Schweinsteiger's other teams did not do quite as well in the yeah, World Cup. R.I.P. Um, but I think that we're in a strong position um, uh, to 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 take. I think the Easter at least give uh, Atlanta a really good run for their money. Um, it's and, and when you look at what this means for us, is that. Uh, we look at Champions League as something that we strive for, and, and especially uh, sort of uh, on on the tail end of of a pretty good and and, and deep deepest run that we've made in, in that tournament. Uh, we we look to obviously qualify again. We we didn't we're not able to do that in the Open Cup, uh, being knocked out. Um, we can do that in a couple of other ways. Uh, that would be 
on points uh, over this season and last season in the Eastern Conference. Uh, and then the other alternative is winning MLS Cup. Uh, assuming we don't do the latter uh, and we want to go for the former, um, we would be seven points. Uh, we just need to be seven points. Above seven City, points really. above City or five points above Atlanta. Uh, I think that those are the those are the really the only two opportunities that we have. Um, and you know, and, staying you know, at the top or, of the table, or just winning the shield. Oh, because that'd be next year's. Winning the shield wouldn't do anything right. this year. So, so those are the only two opportunities. We have to either beat Atlanta by five points overall. No, or, the shield still has a berth. No, it, it, it's a shield. It's the shield, the U.S. Open Cup, um, and then the the aggregate of the last two seasons, right? Because you have three spots. I don't think there's anything. Oh, and in the MLS Cup. I there's four spots for the U.S. I, I don't think, no, because I, I think it's because they're doing Open Cup from last year, Open Cup from this year. Oh, that's right. Oh, uh, MLS Cup from last year, but that was waived because it was Toronto. Um, and then, so they're doing MLS Cup from this year, as well as the overall. Either way, points. we just need so, to get so as we're many looking, points So as we can. we're looking at it, we're looking at it in, 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 you know, the opportunities that we have to beat City by uh, at least seven, or at least seven points this, this go around. Yeah, which is which is a tough task, but not something you know that's out of our capabilities. I'm not too concerned. Um, I'm more concerned about trophies. Um, I think Supporter Shield is now in our hands again, or the, the fate of the Supporter Shields in our hands. Um, we should take advantage of the games in hand. I think we should beat up on City, who have looked weak against the likes of Katai, um, and we should also beat anyone else in our path because we're, we have nothing else to really do. I think that's a pretty fair assessment. And our teams should be good. I think we have a good team. It seems pretty good. Fingers crossed. Um, so moving on to transfer rumors, player developments. Matthew Olasunde is back in the mix, according to Christian Dyer of The Athletic. Also, according to Matthew Olasunde's Snapchat at Red Bull Arena. But uh, also, also not, it's, it's getting picked up a little bit. Uh, it seems like... The, the, the thing was that Matt wanted to be on a loan for a short time and so he can return to his Manchester United. I think we want him longer term. Um, they're still ironing out details. Apparently, he's also had interest in championship teams um, and other places. But it'd be nice to have a fullback depth, especially if someone like Amir Murillo ends up in a different league next season. It would be really, really fun to watch two Academy products, Kyle Duncan and Matt Olsen. They battle it out for that spot, in my opinion. Um, and then we also have... Some Pusetta news. Pusetta watch, which seems to be slowly dying down. I have Coming not to an end. quite given up my hope, but it seems that there are $8 million offers coming in from Spain. Uh, Benfica still seem to be in the mix as our name slowly dies out in Argentinian media. So very sad. But nothing's confirmed yet. Anything can happen. If Pusetto gets signed, um, I will eat avocado toast. Or something. I was gonna put up a really hilarious wager, but I didn't want to get like a tattoo of something on Is it. Is avocado toast like a hilarious wager to you? Yeah, because I would never order avocado toast. Have you ever had avocado toast? I like avocado toast, but like I would never pay for restaurant avocado toast. It's not much of a wager. Um, that is disappointing. It, I think we all got our hopes up a little bit. Uh, but you know, um, hey, it could still happen. <laughs> so. Yeah, right. It could still happen, but he's got his sights set on 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 Europe, um, which I mean, good for him. Um, 
if that pans out. He's See, I don't. Why would why would you want to go to Europe when you could play with Kaku? Yeah, right. I mean, have you seen the man? You've got world class right here. How many? He's averaging like a nutmeg a game. Yeah, right. I mean, that is the only metric you should care about when you're looking Expected at Expected nutmegs. We yeah. got to look at X nutmeg. Why is that not a more prominent stat? <laughs> in like Opta, Opta, if you're listening to this, which I know you are. Absolutely. Please, please start recording um, nutmegs and expected nutmegs per dribble. Um, that'd be very, very, very kind of you. Um, yeah, I think that's it on the, the player transfer news for now. The window obviously opens up on July 10th, which is next week. Wow. Yeah, and you, as you kind of mentioned, that uh, Red Bull wants to add an attacking presence. As well as a fullback. Um, and the fullback is seemingly ironing out details, but the yeah, and all attacking our, player is to be determined. Well, all of our trialists seem to have gone home. Um, another piece of news, uh, Grant Wall's podcast had Ian Wright on, who is um, obviously covering the World Cup for Fox in, in yes. various Fox Sports capacities. If you're still watching the Fox coverage which is horribly nationalistic very disrespectful to to kind of these um smaller teams um i put air quotes up there but the listener obviously can't see that um i it's been it's it the announcing has rubbed me a bit of the wrong way i i really like ali wagner when she's on the call i like Stu holden and john strong but that's about it i mean when when dr joe matnick sounds good then like you know You've got some issues. He's a doctor of yeah. soccer. Right. <laughs> He's the right. soccer doctor. Famous PhD in soccer. <laughs> um, but but Ian Wright, um, also, you know, you may know him as the great Arsenal striker. But you probably definitely know him as the father of uh, famous New York Red Bull striker, Bradley Wright Phillips. The best striker of all time. Anyway, he, he went on to the pod um, to, 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 to say a whole bunch of stuff. Um, Grant Wall kind of presses him on Bradley Wright Phillips, and he mentioned something kind of peculiar about one of our former coaches. Um, and I will play the audio for you now. And I have to say, someone like Thierry, who I love, um, you know, he helped him and his agent Darren Dean with New York because I think it was Mike. What's the Mike Peck? Mike, Mike Pecky. Yeah, he, he wanted to. He wanted to get rid of him huh. after his trial. He wanted to get rid of him, and Darren Dean ah. had to go upstairs. To the, to, 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 to the people upstairs and say, listen, you've got to give him a time. You've got to give him a little bit more time. Same thing with Thierry. In the end, he done that. I think someone got injured. He came in, scored, and never stopped scoring since then. And then in the end, that Mike, whatever his name is, is somebody I don't really like um, because he didn't give him the opportunity as much as he, until he, um, till Darren Dean went over his head and got the chance. So for Bradley to be doing what he's doing now, he's so happy in New York and you know, recognized as one of the greatest goal scorers in the MLS history is something that I'm immensely proud of. I'm so pleased at the hard work, what he's put in. I love how it's just so... Mike, whatever his name is. Uh, but, but the pride that Ian Wright gleams for He's his always son. been that type of guy. Um, hard ooh. on his sleeve, love him. Yeah. So it, charismatic. You have to admire people like that. But I think it, it's, it's, it's very... It adds a, just kind of a new angle to to what things were like. Right. I mean, uh, at least I mean to me, I, I as somebody who 
you know, you talk about how your first game was a Metro Stars game in like 1996, right? In seven. Seven. I didn't go to the first season. My first exposure to the club was through uh, 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 Backyard Soccer uh, in 2001. Mm. Uh, but my first game was not until 2013. Um, uh, and my attachment to the club, you know, followed shortly thereafter. Um, but, but I wasn't really aware of kind of the dynamic that, that was going on, uh, 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 you know, in this, you know, in this squad, in the locker room, um, the dynamic between the coach, the management and the players, right. Uh, and the agents at, at the time, you know, maybe before the major overhauls that led to Jesse Marsh and this new style of play and new cast of characters. Um, I mean, it's kind of. It's kind of a bad mark on, on, on your abilities as someone able to look at talent um, and quantify talent and to, you know, choose talent on a weekly basis if you were going to cut the greatest striker in MLS history a little bit, right? It, yeah, I mean, and that's that's the it's it's really tough um, because I feel like you know, and don't get you, me wrong, don't get me wrong, because I I I wore a cardigan. On the on the first se- uh, first day of the Jesse Marsh, season. we were proud members of Petkey's sweater army. Yeah, um, PSA man. Uh, early, you know, early in our in our you know, I guess consistent passionate fandom. Uh, you know, back back during the, the the year that we won the shield. I mean, I bring back the I sweater vest. Ap- yeah, first of all, bring back the sweater the sweater vest, but. Ultimately, I think we all appreciate the role that that Mike Petke has played for the club, um, as as a player, as a coach, um, uh, as somebody who you know uh, he was passionate in the same way that Ian Wright does. He wears his heart on his sleeve, yeah. and and he connects with the fans uh, in ways that Jesse can only you know hope for. Right, um, and, and 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 it's it's tough uh, when you have somebody like that um, who. I attribute it ultimately to not having enough experience in the managerial level uh, to, to not be able to, to, to identify players uh, with, you know, talent that might not pro- be properly utilized uh, or identifying the ways that potential just hasn't been tapped yet. Right. Um, I, go, go ahead. Yeah. And it, I, I'll, I'll always appreciate Mike Petke. He obviously was a coach. We won, won the shield. He coached that team. Um, uh, but I, I think there's, there, it's okay to admit when one of your heroes has some faults. And I think that Mike Petke, uh, as a coach had some things that were deficient, especially in the way that we wanted to run this club, especially with the things that Andy Roxburg was doing with the Academy and developing the second team. And, um, it, I, th- I, I think that Petke just would work better with a different kind of roster. I think he has different tactics, um, and it, it's not to say necessarily that he was a bad coach, but he just he would just be right now. If you look at where we've come and you can see kind of the journey that we took here, it, I don't like that would not have been a good fit for Mike Petke, right? I think that in my mind, especially it, in light of like the news that he he didn't want to bring Bradley on. Yeah, it's tough to 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 see that. In hindsight's twenty twenty, and the fact that Bradley's produced so well and so consistently over these last few years, with really no signs of goals slowing spread. down. Forty goals. It's just it's it's been really impressive uh, to, to watch that firsthand. But um, it's 
it's hard, right? Like to, to, to see that. Um, uh, and but it's okay. Like it's, it's okay to like Petke. It's okay. And, to, yeah. and I think to me, it, it boils down to the fact that nobody, I don't think is ready to, to get thrown into a coaching or a managerial position after just being an assistant coach for one year. And then, uh, and then accidentally like having another year winning the shield and then kind of getting the, the, the like short end of transition at this club. Yeah. I mean, he got shafted with the circumstances and, and I, it's unfortunate, but, and, and that's, you know, I'm not denying that in but, the slightest. But, but what I'll say about that is that I'm kind of glad, almost glad that he left with that kind of, um, you know, w- w- on that high of winning the shield and then not getting fired for bad performance. Cause I think in my mind that would ruin a hero a little bit more to me. You can put pin the villain as Ali Curtis, you know, and he's gone from the club now too. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, almost an easy way out of it i think if you know what i mean no i think that i think that's that's fair i mean like it would look bad on his legacy uh to be to be have let go uh to be let go if we missed the playoffs if if we were playing like rsl right now like i don't want to be angry at petke it's nice it's kind of nice now almost um obviously it, it wasn't nice how unceremoniously he was dumped yeah um, but that's just the nature of how heavy-handed our front office has right. been. Right, and it's con- it's been consistent since then. Yeah, <laughs> we uh, just some things <laughs> never change. Uh, but I mean, like to me, uh, I just feel like you can make an integration into becoming an assistant coach, um, uh, and and staying in that role is really beneficial to the club. What 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 you know as a weird Everton soccer you know, fan or at least an observer of your, of, of the Premier League with some mild admiration for Everton. I guess it's probably a better way to describe it than really a fan of Everton, but wow, but, that's pretty harsh. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of, it's like, I don't know. Being a fan of Premier League clubs is kind of silly to me. I know like, what you mean. I know what you mean. Cause like, where the, where's your attachment? Right. Like, no, and cause like supporting local is right. like the fundamental part of, of sports to me. And here, here's the thing about Mike Petke, too, is is that it, the reason, like, you should love Mike Petke. Like, you local need to guy. love Mike Petke because he's, he's not only a local guy, he's just like this. He was the heart of the club as a player and as a coach. He's, yeah. he's this heart guy. And in my opinion, the, the reason we watch soccer or the reason I watch soccer or the reason I do this podcast about this club called the New York Red Bulls is because you have this sentimental attachment to a club. And it's okay to have a sentimental attachment. You don't have to attack people for saying that the, ta- the bad tactical coach had to, had to go. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's part of the problem, though, with the club when you take a step back, right, is that like you have these players and these coaches that you have attachments to because of their involvement, whether on the local level, just being a passionate player or a passionate manager, and then they get ripped out from from you uh, in a really just ungraceful way. Uh, and we've seen that with, at least in, in the last few years, with, with Dax McCarty as well. Right. You know, prior to his to his wedding, he gets yeah. gets traded away, and and without even letting him know, it was just the the weirdest 
turn of events. I mean, then, then to it, me, it's a balance. There, there's, to me, there is it's, a balance. it's really difficult, I think, at times to be a fan of this club when you have the front office making decisions well, like that. Well, here's the other funny thing about that. We did that to Sasha, and people get angry because he, he we got traded, we traded him to Orlando. We asked him where he wanted to go. He didn't want to go to a Western Conference team, and then we ended up with Rivas and Redding, and people aren't quite satisfied with what we got from that trade. But, I mean... I think like, people can appreciate how it went down. A little more. Right. People appreciate the ethos. They don't appreciate the results. So there's there's a balance here somewhere. And I think it helps that we're winning uh, when all this is happening. Because imagine if all of this goes down and we're not actually but I don't producing think I, results. Right. I think we did this so we would win. Yeah, that's 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 true. I mean, ultimately, that that that's kind of where we're at, you know, right now. Um, but but I can feel for people myself included, where it feels kind of unfair when people are, ta- you know, taken from the club right. in that way. And it's just really not in good taste. Right. Don't, but you feel bitter. That's okay. Right. Exactly. But, but to, at the same me, time, also recognize that there, there sometimes, or a lot of the time, the, the reason behind doing something led to something good now. I mean, that's what we can look at. You know, over the last few years, where we see a second shield, we see a we see a system that a lot of people can believe in, um, uh, and some really up you know, so there's some upside uh, over you know for the rest of the season going into the playoffs. That being hopefully. said, that being said, both Jesse Marsh and Mike Petke have won <laughs> this conversation. I know has come up um, because I also like you um, way too often read the Facebook discussion group. But between Mike Petke and Jesse Marsh, both have won supporter shield. Who do you think is the better coach? Honestly, uh, <laughs> I mean, I go no, with... No, no, no politics. I'm just, just tell me. Jesse. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, it's for, for me, it's Jesse. I don't... I mean, like, you know, it's like, hard, hard to condone uh, people, you know, <laughs> who well, I make mean, shitty racial comments. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, uh, and, like, you know, all that you know, really good stuff. It's more of a politics for aside, Jesse, it's when ca- you look at the results on paper, um, and sort of the, the, the system that he's been able to execute, um, through Red Bull Global, you, you've got to be pretty satisfied despite, you know, the, a lot of the emotional aspects of players like, 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 uh, like Dax McCarty and coaches like, like, uh, Mike Petke getting kind of ripped out from, from us. Uh, you still can look at the results and the system and the academy we've built, uh, and be really proud of, 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 of the club, uh, you know, when you go and watch the team week in, week out. For, for me, I think I, I say Jesse because, um, when you, when you look at the end of the season, you have hope for the next season for the most part. Um, like even after 2015, after that Columbus loss, we were like, oh, we were so close. We really want it next time. And, and you, and you saw that there's kind of this future. There's, there's this, did you have that when we lost that away leg? Um, or we didn't actually lose, but when we lost the series against, uh, uh, New England in 2014. Yeah. Did you have that same feeling? Exactly. And, and, I didn't, and and the reason why is because it it, it was a time where Thierry Henry was retiring, Tim Cahill was leaving. Um, we had no idea what was happening with Pe- Peggy Lou and Dula. Old ass back line, right? And no matter what happened after that, you you have this kind of you have a question because you, you there didn't seem to be quite the system in place, and that's what I like about the system. 
you can replace the pieces. I think you can do it a little more gracefully. Uh, I think we're trying to learn, and it's a learning process. We're but I, I think the one point I wanted to make is that I think Jesse, I think that Mike Petke could still be a good manager, um, and uh, it can, just takes can, a different can, type can of roster than what we want. Results. I think that he ultimately could have used more time as an assistant manager because I feel like there. Are, I mean, like, and I brought up Everton a while a while back because play, people like Duncan Ferguson, who was a, a very you know well regarded player on that team, um, you know, a very big aggressive guy uh who the fans adored uh who is now on the bench for everton and he's been kind of this stable force despite the turnover in managers there's been four managers four managers for everton in two years and so um you have you know i guess five you know uh with another manager this season but when you have a stable force like that who's adored by the fans who can kind of provide that insight as you know having roots in the club and roots in the area i feel like that's so tremendously valuable um, and it would have been great to see someone like Mike, Mike Pecky have that role for this club for maybe a few more years before making, you know, the switch to a full-time, uh, you know, manager, first, first. managerial position on a first team, whether it's at Red Bull or somewhere else. See, I, th- I, I, I think Mike Pecky could get on being a head coach. I, th- I think, it, I think he can now. No, I, I think he could have then even, e- e- uh, even then, I think he just kind of needs that kind of Robin Frazier-esque X's nose guys behind him and that's okay like a lot of head coaches need that but Mike Petke has an intangible quality you can admire people who go with their gut but they can't be the only ones making the decisions exactly anyway shall we move on to the game this weekend yeah with all that talk yeah I guess we still haven't gotten to the meat, meat of it right with, I, I'm tired of talking about this team I hate talking about this NYC team. FC oh this is the, already the third time we're playing this team this season can we talk about how we're going to watch it or how we might potentially watch it? Oh, oh right, both cool. of us. All right, so so um Time Out New York um has this section called Undatables and they send out a, t- a tweet um looking for responses from NYCFC and RBNY fans. Sam and I have both emailed in our profiles. So, um we may or may not be set up on a date with Maybe an NYCFC FC or I don't I don't know a city fan. Sure. Um, anyway, Sam has been joking. What, what are you saying? If you got into the date, I would only. I think the date would only go well if we draw. Because if we win, I'm going to just be like rude and like annoying, and and she's gonna probably walk out uh, uh, without any desire to have a second date. And then if we do lose, um, we immediately leave the stadium uh, without thinking twice. Uh, but if we draw. I feel like there might be a chance for, for romance, but um, uh, I don't know if that's possible. Ooh, Romeo and Juliet type thing. I feel like in love. I look for that struggle. Yeah. Uh, that like, yeah, that, that uh, um, relationship that shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but we'll, we'll see how it goes, if right. it goes at all. Okay. And for me... That um, being said, sitting in the away support section is a blast. Uh, and, I, and I love doing that, sitting in the 300s. I don't even know how this date would be set up, honestly. It might just be in, like, the New York Yankees Steakhouse at Yankee Stadium. Okay. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. That. What if it was just, like, a halftime date? <laughs> just, like, a 15-minute You, you wait online date? to get a hot dog together, and that's it? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, if I got onto the date, um, it doesn't matter if they're an NYCFC fan or not. I, I, it would just go horribly because I'm a pretentious prick. So that is true. We actually have uh, a lot of um, audio evidence. Audio of this evidence to back week that up. After week after week. 
Um, anyway, the game itself, um, so same players as always. I'd say let's talk about the one big change. One big difference. Which is that Patrick Vieira um, has had his sights on Europe uh, as well, and he's out. And we have a new manager in Dominic Tarrant. Am I pronouncing that uh, right? I, I believe it's Dom Toretto. Um, Famous in Fast and Furious. Right. Like, I can't believe we got Vin Diesel from Fast and Furious to coach in MLS. Imagine that. All right, Dom. Let's let's uh, show me how fast you can go or something. I Is that know. like a bit? I don't know. They always drag race, I think. I've like, actually never seen an ep- uh, uh, one of any of the Fast and Furious The later movies. ones are actually much better than the earlier ones because the earlier ones took themselves seriously and then they just realized, oh, the Expendables did well. Let's go crazy and just have like mass budget, stupid action well, films. Uh, I can't guarantee I'll watch anything more than like, you know, flashing through channels and it'll be on like fx at some point and i'll watch like 15 minutes that's sure. about all i can give you but tyrese and ludicrous or chris ludicrous bridges are both in it so wow um well uh that is not something um <laughs> uh, you can tell how much i really care about fast and furious and Paul walker man they made they made the whole song um anyway he has now pivoted to coaching new york city football club um, and is now in charge of managing a pretty decent squad um, who has produced. Um, they're sitting a point behind us, um, equal on games played. Um, you know, we can talk about our previous uh, matches against them. Uh, two 4-0 victories at home. Uh, this is going to be our first game against them on the road. Um, I think in particular, the one thing I, I notice is that in the last two performances under new management, Toronto has led them to a 2-1 victory over Toronto at home. Uh, but then this past weekend, a surprising loss, 3-2 uh, to a Chicago Fire team that's they pretty, pretty much, mediocre. But they, they, like us, also... Man, what is it with New York teams in conceding crazy golosos to Katai? Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, I watched the highlights, and I was like, damn, that feels familiar. Uh Except yeah, this one was that was pretty good. Yeah, it was it was. I mean, like when that that entire dribble and then he beats him near a post. Oh boy, damn! I mean, like also like you know, Sean Johnson is just like bad, um, and like jokes on NYCFC for signing him, um, and I'm sure like Chicago was just like fucking loving it that 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 Sean Johnson had a bad game. Anyway, Katai, you are banned from New York. You're never allowed to buy pizza again. That's true. You can only have casserole pizza. in Chicago, right? Yeah, That's in it. the bread bowl. Yeah, yes. Um, but you look at this NYCFC team, um, who's pretty good, uh, very good at home, uh, has been very good at home. Uh, we've we've played, you know, we we've, we historically, you know, like quote unquote historically, have have done well at Yankee Stadium. Although this past season, you know, we weren't able to pick up a, uh, a win uh and that's only because danny royer got injured on the fucking warming track yeah which is wild um also sal Zizzo, you know danny said danny said that he doesn't like playing there because of that yeah I, I i don't i mean like i don't i don't blame him i don't think anybody likes playing soccer at yankee stadium but it, it might be a bit better for us considering the way we play. Oh, I mean, this this is the big question, right? Going to this game, uh, Dom Tarrant or Dom Toretto, whoever, um, is he going to be stubborn? Is he going to be uh, dogmatic about passing out of the back? Is he going to adjust his style to play against us, knowing that this is his first real high-stakes game as a coach? 
that matters for this club. I mean, I think he sticks to the system if he wants to. Um, I don't know. I, I don't see any indication of him making bizarro tactical changes. I feel like he is still too new to the team to, to go in and, and slash and burn, you know, tactics that... Well, I don't think it's have, slash and burn so much as, like, being less um, devoted to the philosophy. I I would say on uh, on the road at a rivalry game, sure, you just try anything because, y- y- you know, it's especially against a team like us. If you're going to, if you're going to go to Red Bull Arena... Uh, as a new manager, I feel like trying new things is 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 warranted, uh, yeah. especially given NYCFC's record uh, at Red Bull Arena. However, at at home, I feel like you would stick to the things that have made you do well in the in the thus far this season, uh, and you don't really stray away from it. I mean, you know, the the only other big game there that I see was the Atlanta game where they ended up drawing what two two, um, and. Uh, and and that game was like they they stuck to their you know their system their style of play. I don't see them varying from it all too much, um, especially when you have some key players coming into form like Burgett, mm-hmm. right? And, and Tajori. Um, well, I mean, and, and and I think that kind of raises questions when you talk about players to people like David Villa, who was ruled out one to two games the other week, right? Um, who missed their last game, right? And so, well, the big move is that uh, Brigitte is, is now more playing more centrally and that David Villa is being placed wider when he is playing. Yeah, and so so Brigitte's issue this whole time is that Vieira rated him so highly but was playing him out of position, right? Maybe, and maybe. I think that that to me, I mean... We only have, we really only have a week of, of Brigitte like playing well. So it's, yeah. it's not like, you know, everything's set in stone. But, could but, just but, have but been he was leak. identified as a key player by Vieira but was not played in the proper position right for at least for a while um but he's coming into form and it's seemingly at the worst possible time um uh but you know outside of that you have kind of the same cast of characters that that came to Red Bull Arena during the regular season back in May uh and and fell way short with a four 0 loss, so I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts uh, of of this team going into Yankee Stadium on Sunday. I mean, I think I think it's about it's about what the coaching is going to be. I think it's going to be about um, how how he gets them up to play. I think the way that he's been uh, tinkering with the positions players have been playing in, um, I think he might be getting a little difference out of out of the players that he has. Um, I think he's playing David Toronto. Tur- yeah. yeah, okay. I think he's playing David Villa more, um, you know, more like he played in Barcelona on the wing. Um, obviously, Toronto was at Barcelona um, at a point with Pep. I look. I mean, I don't think we should take this game lightly. I think um, people might be a bit overconfident going into this, um, knowing how we've been play how we've already had two four nil wins against Patrick Vieira's side. Um, I don't really know what to expect. And that worries me because obviously it's a Derby game. I think we should try to win all of these. Um but at the same time it's Yankee Stadium too. Like Yankee Stadium is kind of easier for us to play our way into. Um and we'll have all of our players back. 
You know, we we'll, we'll have Amir back um, from the World Cup. Fidel may or may not be on the bench deciding if Jesse decides that he's uh, not tranquilo like Panamanians, which is also another thing Jesse said, which is mildly Ooh boy. problematic. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but, you know, like, we're going to be at full strength. Um, our team should beat any team in this league. Um, we should make them our, our bitch. <laughs> I mean... I'm inclined to agree. Um, we played against uh, a very strong, informed, fully healthy Atlanta United side at Mercedes-Benz in very difficult conditions. On an, in, in, you know, on you know, also very poor soccer field. Yeah, for different reasons, but uh, you know, we managed to get a result. Uh, it wasn't Not only it, get a result. It we wasn't were definitely it, the better team. It wasn't perfect, um, but it was. You know, uh, we convincing. We, we played to our strengths, and you know, at the end of the ninety, we were the better team. It was convincing. Um, exactly. It was. It was convincing. Um, who's to you know? Who's to say we can't do the same exact thing at Yankee Stadium? But there's all there's always this element of a rivalry game that's kind of intangible, you know? Right. Um, and and it's hard to take that into consideration the same way you look at Atlanta on the road. Um, on paper, this squad is to me the best in the league. I have no, there's no indication. Otherwise you have the, <laughs> like Britt was saying, it's like, uh, we're stacked. Yeah. It's crazy. Which is why, to, like I mentioned before, like this is the golden opportunity to make a deep cup run in some capacity. If it's not the open cup, which you've already, you know, kind of made peace Bombed with out of, we made peace with that, but we have to look at the other opportunities the 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 shield and, and and the MLS Cup being the only other two, I I feel like we have all those pieces in place, and, and this is the time to kind of capitalize on it, especially when we have Mario coming back from injury, or not injury, international duty. Right. Uh, it, it it puts us in a really strong position to 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 get you know a convincing win at Yankee Stadium. Um, I mean, look, Brad Brad Phillips plays against NYCFC. How many? We like, have Kaku now. How many rude headers does he get off the crossbar? Oh, into the I, net? see, I I think Brad starts scoring with his foot again. I think he got bored. Maybe he scores another bike. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's fair. Um, shall we move on to? Let's think about quickly. Uh, expected lineup. Uh, I don't think there's any controversy in this. No. I, I think I think we put out our best, which is just uh the, the, the traditional s- back line: Davis and Adams and Kaku in the midfield. Followed up by Royer, Brad, Velo. and Velo. And then, yeah, putting Rio back in. Yep. 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 Exactly. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so before we get to predictions, I think you have a couple of emails. Yeah. Um, I think, well, we good news for everyone. We have two Benny questions. Why? Because we did not answer one last week. Because we recorded on Monday. Early episode last week. Um, anyway, first one is, uh, the subject is Hell World Derbies. Um, I, I realize I've been going in and out of saying Derby versus Derby, and I just am not quite sure myself how I should be saying it because I, uh, I don't know. Anyway, which of the following Hellwood Derbies would you least be least likely to watch? Minnesota United, a.k.a. St. Paul Fake Ball Club <laughs> versus <laughs> Minneapolis FC, the one team for people who represent the most urban city in Minnesota's only <laughs> large urban area. <laughs> 
Chicago Fire versus Chicago River City FC, the one team for a Chicago Cubs fan who lives in Wrigleyville and loves Wrigley Field so much that they cannot stand not having a reason to go there on nights when the Cubs aren't playing. (laughs) (laughs) And um, RBNY versus Newark City FC, the only... I love these descriptions. The only tr- tr- the only team that truly represents a city of over a hundred thousand people in New Jersey, rather than a fake plastic city of under a hundred thousand people like Harrison. But what about Jersey City, though? I mean, whatever. Yeah. It's a fake city. Um, honestly, I think like the other two sound fucking rad. I would. I'd fuck with the Chicago. Series. River City, yeah, and I don't. I'd absolutely go to a Minneapolis FC game. Like, if anything, the last one's the most conflicting because I feel like because <laughs> I want RBNY to represent the entire area. Yeah, it's <laughs> just like why? Why do you exist? What um, are you doing for me, that's a pretty easy answer. I would not, most likely, not go to the Newark City FC game. Uh, if I had a choice and unlimited travel, I would absolutely go to the Minneapolis game. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'd go to the Chicago one just to root against the fire, I feel like. Uh, um, I probably, just being real, wouldn't go to mini- anything in Minnesota just because it's, it's... It gets cold like Minnesota. It's a sad state of affairs out there. Um, all right. Well, another Benny question. Perfect. How delightful. Uh, which of the following would be the biggest improvement to the team? One. Ending international friendlies. Two, ending the MLS Cup playoffs. <laughs> or three, end Jesse after he gets caught on video calling the cops on reggae music. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if that means that Fidel plays more, maybe... Uh... Are we assuming none of these have happened yet? Um, well, I mean, like, obviously international friendlies still happen. Mm. Mm. And the playoffs are presumably still happening this year. So, um, I mean, at this point, we have a lot of national team players. This is a hard question. Like, we, we have quite a few national team players now, don't we? Why isn't banning international soccer an option? But only friendlies. I know. I'm saying why isn't banning international soccer? Because then it would be too broadly. easy. Because we would just ban international soccer. Yeah, all right. Um, I think the, uh, we have two shields, no cups. We'd look a lot more successful. As a club. We would look good. But, like, cup tournaments are important, I feel like, and I don't devalue the cup tournament. I, I'm a big, I'm actually kind of a fan of MLS Cup, I think. Big MLS Cup guy. All right. Um, um, Jesse getting caught on video, um, calling the cops, probably already happened. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he lives in Princeton, man. I feel like it already, this, this, this footage already exists. So, by process. I think Benny's on to something. Process of elimination, ending international friendlies, where Spicy Dave could stop ruining our precious children. With too much spice. No, not enough spice. It's just not that spicy, Spicy Dave. Sriracha is not that spicy. It is, it is totally manageable. It is, it is the... Genuinely overrated. It's just, uh, it's good. It's fine. It's good. It's not worth obsessing over. If you have a sriracha t-shirt, I'm sorry. Like, why did you buy that? Ban international friendlies. No more spicy Dave. Predictions. Hmm. I can't predict anything other than a win. 4-2. 
4-2. Okay, that was our <laughs> FIFA game where I beat Sam 4-2. Um, I will also predict a win, but I'm going to go with the traditional 4-0 of this year. Um, I can only hope. I have uh, one pitch to do at the end. I think this is the end. Yeah, and it's a... Um, don't listen to Scorpion if you haven't already. It's fucking trash. Sorry, Drake. You're not going to make up to your son Adonis by those trash bars. Yikes. Um, 25 songs is just too much, man. Too much. I haven't listened to it. I don't... I genuinely have no intentions of listening to it. Um, also, because Somebody like, had... In, in one of my, I don't know, weird circles of friends had mentioned that uh, Drake is the Nickelback of uh, of hip-hop. Oh, um, no. No, uh, Drake is... Drake also made Marvin's Room. So, so, so you know... I, I don't know what to believe anymore. Um, <laughs> I, I'm very just like... I think I'm, we're finally seeing Drake being washed, and then he's going to come back with a pretty decent album. So you're saying that Pusha T like ended Drake? Look, I mean, like if you go beef with Pusha T after he dropped fucking Daytona, what an album is Daytona? It, it's, it, was, it was not a good move by Drake to, to engage. With a man who wears his hair in braids like that and still calls himself Pusha T in 2018, our current year. Uh, it was rough. I mean, that, that's all the more reason to not even bother listening to Scorpion. Yeah. Um, uh, I would say uh, good, good luck, Drake, uh, on bouncing back. Um, from, from, from the and series father- of L's that you've just taken. And good luck with fatherhood. I hope it suits you. At least try. I'm sure. Maybe. I don't know. Um, anyway. Um, I think that, that kind of wraps it up uh, for this uh, episode of uh, episode 100 of View from 202. It's only fitting that we got rid of our worst member for episode 100. That's so. true. Unfortunately, he'll be back and, and worse than ever in 101. Um, uh, send us emails. Contact at viewfrom202.com. Uh, check us out on uh, uh, check out our website uh, our store uh, we've got some great merch that, that uh, Peaches has put together uh, and Britt as well um, uh, it's it's okay there, it, yeah it's fine yeah. Um, you know I was trying to give you a compliment uh, I, you could just take the compliment I don't do that um, we uh, you know check, we love uh, people checking us out on iTunes and reviewing uh, our podcast um, you're uh, so much better at remembering plugs than Britt is too uh, yeah, I think this might be a sign of, of things to come. Oh, sorry, Britt. Anyway, um, yeah, please do rate us on iTunes. Um, drop a us. comment wherever you see us because we're genuinely curious. If you don't like us, please, I want to hear what you have to say because I've been desperately seeking bad negative feedback. So, Give us five stars, As if we don't give Peaches enough bad feedback already. Um, check us out <laughs> on, on, on Twitter, uh, Instagram, working on that Snapchat, uh, Facebook, all that good stuff. We've been working on the Snapchat since the inception. See you Sunday, uh, or talk to you after the weekend. Feeling like a boss and staring at the stars. It doesn't matter the cost, because everybody wants to be famous.
be famous I'm calling the shots So, see you over at Mars It doesn't matter the cost Seems like everybody Everybody wants to know, but it's a shame. 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 Everybody